Hey y'all, today's episode, I am talking with Dr. Jill Weiner, and we are talking about conscious anti-racism in our community. It's going to be a good one. You need to listen up right after this intro. Welcome back, Tribe. You are listening to Next Level Physicians Thriving Outside the Box, where we invite doctors, dentists, and medical entrepreneurs who are breaking the mold, stepping outside the box as entrepreneurs, and practicing on their terms to share their journey, wisdom, and their inspiration with the world. I am your host, Dr. Maisha Claiborne. My calling is to help doctors find freedom, fulfillment, and full self-expression. I have helped dozens of medical professionals transform their mindset, leverage their skill set, and build profitable businesses and careers they love. Now, let's get to the good stuff. But before we do, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you never miss an opportunity for inspiration, motivation, and empowerment with me and our amazing guests. Now, let's take it to the next level, y'all. Here we go. Hey, y'all, this is Next Level Physicians Thriving Outside the Box here on another episode. I am so excited to have this special guest who not only has become a fast and furious friend of mine, but who is a local AT alien and a fellow colleague, uh, a fellow, I have to call you crunchy granola sis. You know, oh, yeah. yeah, granola sister of mine, because y'all who know me, y'all know I'm crunchy granola, let's just face it. And today we're talking about a very important topic. And so I am excited to introduce Dr. Jill Weiner. She is the owner of the company Conscious Health Meditation and Wellness, but she's also the um, creator of this course, Conscious Anti-Racism. And I think it's just a very, we've been vibing on this topic for a minute and it's super, super cool. So I am excited to bring uh, Dr. Jill to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. How are you today? Thanks for having me. I'm good. I'm doing great. I'm, I feel like I'm hitting my COVID stride right now. The last, like <laughs> I've been outside eight, nine days in a row. I just feel like yes. that's a big win for me. Mm-hmm. So um, feel I'm hitting my stride and I'm so excited to be here chatting with you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Cause you know, I think like at, for myself too, I have, you know, you have a five-year-old, we're starting to like peek out, you know, a little bit here mm-hmm. and there, you know, we ride his bike in the neighborhood and, you know, we, we went to, we were starting to selectively choose friends to connect with and, you know, just, just very selective, but it's like peeking out into life again. Um, but care, but cautiously and carefully, you know, yeah, uh, it's an interesting thing to, to be navigating this time, you know? Yes, for real, for sure. Yeah. So, so first of all, you know, I just, I just want the, the audience to hear your journey because you have transitioned out of clinical medicine and you have quite a journey on like you you know, you have your, your tapping, your, your you know, tapping, um, and meditation program. And then you have this course, the Conscious Anti-Racism course. And I just want to kind of hear your journey and how you really got into all of this. Sure. I will give you the short version. And then if there's questions, you can ask those questions. But basically my journey began as like the most skeptical type A anxious, non-meditator doctor ever. Very traditional when all, you know, straight through college and med school. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I was a hospitalist at Rush in Chicago. And in 2011, that was about five years out of residency. I got really burnt out, um, had a, met a human being that told me that they meditated twice a day. And I was at, in such a bad place. I was crying every day and one little thing would happen and I would just snap and, and get up and leave my, leave my cubicle and go home. Um, that I was like just broken enough that I was like, okay, fine. What is this meditation of which you speak? And so I went to hear his teacher speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just like clicked with me. Just this, this, this teacher was speaking about stress and its effects on our physiology and our behavior. And it, it really spoke to my soul of why I was feeling the way I was feeling. So I paid him a lot of money. I signed up for this Vedic meditation class and I went from zero to 60 immediately meditating mm-hmm. 20 minutes twice a day since 2011 and it completely changed my life. So it was awesome. But I never had any intentions of leaving medicine. Right. A few years into it, I decided I would become a teacher mm-hmm. in the tradition, which is a three-month teacher training in India. Mm. Um, 
all the time thinking I'll come back to Chicago and be a part-time hospitalist and teach right. meditation. Like there was never any like paradigm of which I would be even thinking about leaving medicine. Mm -hmm. And then I had the opportunity to move overseas to China. Um, I talked to, I already had the talk with my boss, like, Hey, I want to do this teacher training. He was like, Oh, okay. I thought you were going to be our quality and safety person, but sure. You know, you can do meditation. Um, then I had the opportunity to move to China and I had been sort of starting to think there's something else in this world for me. I could be happy being a hospitalist forever, but I'm going to wake up when I'm 60 and wonder where it all went and feel like I should have done something different. So I grabbed this opportunity to move overseas. That's why I left my job. And, um, then I was in China for a few months, went to India for a few months while I was in India. At that point I had been out of medicine for six months. And then I was like, also like being a crunchy granola person, you know, barefoot dancing under the moonlight or whatever in India. And I was like, I don't think I can go back to medicine. Like, I don't even right. know who that girl is anymore. And I just didn't like Dr. Jill in the white coat, just kind of like walking around in the office. It just wasn't someone I even recognize anymore. And I just right. wanted to give her a hug. And so, um, I love it. You just want to give her a hug. <laughs> yeah. Cause it was just like, okay, that was her, that was her story and that was her journey, but right. this is something totally new. And right. so, and I knew that this technique is so awesome. It's changed my life so much. Mm -hmm. I want to go teach it to other people so they don't get the burnout that I got. So they don't have to leave medicine so they mm -hmm. can have a more, you know, a more open mindset about mind body things mm -hmm. and love their jobs as doctors and not have to leave. So, um, that's why, um, I decided to teach full time and the whole China situation, I didn't end up going back there. I ended up moving back to Atlanta where I grew up, mm -hmm. but I hadn't lived there in over 10 years. So I came back to Atlanta and I was like, poof, I'm a meditation teacher. This is what I'm doing now. That was four years ago, a little over four years ago. And so slowly but surely growing that business, I got exposed to tapping in 2017, I believe. Totally amazing. Cause I'd been going through some rough personal stuff. Um, use that as a, as a human being with, a, with a coach, she was doing the tapping and I was, um, having these amazing experiences. Then I decided to become a tapping practitioner and I added that in. Um, so that's my tapping meditation stuff. And along the way, I've had some really cool, um, healthcare kind of came to me. I tried to go to healthcare at first and it wasn't happening because that was more of like a mindfulness mindset, which is great, but that's not what I teach. And so it took a little while for the healthcare stuff to come to me, but now my um, meditation courses are CME accredited and I've had uh, lots of great experiences. Um, um, the anti-racism work that I do was the kind of thing where I thought that I was not racist and I, you know, I'm a good liberal white girl. Um, and around 2016, uh, wrote a blog post about the election results and an old friend of mine called me out for being privileged. And I was like, I'm not racist. I'm not privileged. What is privilege? I don't, this is fine. You know? And I was like super defensive and mad and like her and I had a very dicey friendship anyway. So, and her tone was really dicey, but it made me like, well, what is she talking about? Like, I don't want to be racist. Like, so let me look into it. And so then in earnest, I really started to like read books and like learn more. And then I went on this retreat in 2019, March of 2019, an anti-racism retreat. And for anyone who's listening who doesn't know what anti-racism is, because that word freaks people out sometimes, it's against policies and, and, and uh, beliefs, I guess, that fight racism. So that's all it is. Um, uh, and, and so that's where it really began in, in earnest. And as we were learning about a lot of these um, symptoms of the culture that is dominated by white people, um, I was like, oh, that's okay. I recognize that in myself. I recognize defensiveness and perfectionism and all these things. Um, and we, we workshopped, how do you how do you deal with that? Like, what are some ways to combat defensiveness defensiveness? and perfectionism and, and um, the right to comfort and all these things as the um, symptoms of white supremacy culture mm. um, is this uh, the academic work um, done by Tima, Tima Okun. And, um, was the and it was just like, that's mindfulness. That's just, that's just mm -hmm. feeling that in your body and recognizing it and then, and then using mind-body techniques to combat it. I, I can do that. 
Right. And so the whole point we had to kind of, it's like our thesis. So we had to create something or, or, or get involved in some way. And I thought using also your sphere of influence, cause I don't have a, I don't work in a corporation. I don't work in a, I can't make a diversity panel or cause I don't work in an institution. So right. my, my sphere of influence is my social media and my mailing list um, for my meditation business. So I created this course to help people. It's like, I think seven or eight modules, different mind body techniques based on these symptoms of how white supremacy culture pervades everything and how we can, we meaning white people for the most part, do the work that it takes to recognize that being anti-racism, being anti-racist it does not, is not equated with voting for Obama and being outraged when yet another black person is, unarmed black person is killed for being an unarmed black person, basically. Outrage isn't enough. Voting for Obama isn't enough. Um, being a Democrat isn't enough. It, there's so much more to it. Right. And it's been this kind of like, like ground, foundation shaking, painful journey, but it's been so awesome. I mean, it's been, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it back in a second but it's not easy, but, but I, my, my goal is to make the not easy part of it easier. And, and instead of turning away with the defensiveness and the, it's not me and I don't do any of that. And that's other white people to really, really learn and then use these tools to be like, oh, okay, cool. Here's how I can be better. Here's how I can be a partner and an ally to dismantle racism, um, which is very, 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 very much alive and well in this country and, and never went anywhere, which right. in my ignorance thought that it had, you know, like I was the, that typical white person that was like, oh, we voted for a black president. Woohoo. Like, <laughs> oh, good. Right. Right. So, so that's where it became. So for me, it's really all about expanding consciousness and, and being the best human being that I can. And that's what the meditation and tapping is, is like maximizing your potential and recognizing the connection between how your body works and, and the way your mind works and how you are in the world. And so I don't teach my meditation course in the anti-racism course, but I do use some mindful techniques, mindfulness techniques. I use tapping. Um, there's a, a, a guided healing visualization from a friend of mine who's an energy healer. I collaborated with another physician, Annie Kennard, who um, is a OB-GYN, but also does a lot of mindfulness work. So she's done one of the modules and you and I are going to do some, some, we're going to bring the course live. We're going to bring it out to the people once, <laughs> once COVID lets us do that. So um, it's been a really great collaborative effort. And the goal is really to help white folks and anyone who wants to learn more about systemic racism, help them do it in a way that they feel like challenged, but also safe and able to acknowledge these emotions without going into black spaces and just bring their the, the expression white tears. If you're not familiar with that, it's the like, I'm so sorry. And I feel so bad. And I don't know. Like that's not what's needed. What's needed right. is people who have dealt with their stuff and now can come out and do the work that's needed. So that's really my goal with, with conscious anti-racism. You know, you said a really interesting term that I recently came across and that's ally. And I've mm. heard this term used and I've only recently actually, um, heard it use white ally mm -hmm. and 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 initially you know like i can admit to myself i was like triggered i was like what does that mean white ally yeah you know like and, and i've been sort of digging into that so i would love to kind of hear from you you know what what because because what i really hear about your course is like really having those uh people who are like proclaiming to be a white ally become a true ally and yeah. what and what that and like looking at really what does that mean in our society to be a white ally um yeah that's a great question and i hadn't heard that word either until i guess some of the reading i was doing before the retreat but the retreat was called it was run by two black women and it was called allies in action so the idea of being a white ally is is that you are a white person who is there to work together with with black folks who are doing the work it's not white people's jobs to like fix black people or anything like that it's it you know so so we're not it's not like i need to go and help these poor black people who need me to fix this journey for them 
they've got it. It's just our society is so racist that it's not, that it needs um, any, any help you can get is great. Right. So it's working together with and helping to uh, amplify and empower mm-hmm. um, people who are doing incredible work already. And right. and I've and I've been doing this series of um, interviews during COVID about how COVID has been amplifying systemic racist issues that have been there all along. Mm-hmm. It's not like poof, all of a sudden they're surprised that that people of color are having worse outcomes. That's but it's it's bringing to light a lot of issues. Right. And I interviewed this one woman and she's an anti-racist activist and um, scholar. And she says she doesn't like the word ally because it implies like I can come and go if I want to. And she Mm. likes the word partner because it's like, we're in this together, even Mm. though obviously I'm white and I'm not in it together because I don't have to experience systemic racism. Um, But there's still that notion. She thinks partnership is more like a, you're in it for the long haul, not just when it feels good. And and anti-racism it's not like I can, I can't really say I'm an anti-racist because it's a continuous right. process. And, right. and so um, there's this book called um, How to Be an Anti-Racist, uh, How to Be an Anti-Racist by Ibram Kendi. And he says it's like anti-racism is this conscious choice. It's a conscious journey. And I, I named it conscious anti-racism before he even said that, but I love that he had that quote. Mm-hmm. It's a conscious choice to make over and over and over again do you choose to be anti-racist or do you choose to be racist? There's no not racist. It's either anti-racist or racist. And so that's what I love. It's like you have to consciously choose again and again to make choices, um, support policies, support um, you know people who either are supporting racist things, ideologies and policies, or are supporting things that go against racist ideologies. So. Right. So it's so an interesting thing. I just want to bring this up because it's 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 present for me. You know, as it was, it was my background in NLP and my background in in in, in um, hypnotic language and things like that. There is a um, as I hear anti-racism, and um, the, and I think also this, where is this? Uh, there's some somewhere else that I heard this, but from primarily this comes from my NLP background. The the anti or the not or the unconscious mind. Um, doesn't process the negative. And mm-hmm. so, you know, as, as we are moving forward, would it be, I would say, would it be wise to begin to think of a, a different kind of language than anti? Because when you're, when you're anti something, it's still focused on that thing. Like, mm-hmm. it's, no, it's no surprise to me that we have the current, um, you know, the current POTUS, because everybody was anti that. And so yeah. when you're anti anything, what happens is you're still focused on that, right? Yeah, it starts to explode. Like you, give, you give it energy. You give it energy. So mm-hmm. I, I think that, and, and, and again, it's not to like um, try to, to divert, like ignore the word or ignore the action, but to recognize that, okay, well, it, there's racism and then there's, there's, there's being racist and then there's being pro something else. And, on, yeah. and then, and then that honors, uh, and, and you said something really interesting earlier. I'm kind of, I'm going to sidebar and flip it for a second. Like it's not about, um, white people coming in to fix that. I'm putting in my air quotes, like you did, you know, the poor, the poor black people, because that would mm-hmm. make the assumption that there was something wrong with them. That right. would, that would make the assumption that we were broken. Right. Which mm-hmm. is, that's been the long time assumption, which has had a lot of what's, what's, you know, the policy and all that stuff that has not, not truly anti-racist come, come about, right? So mm-hmm. it's about, like you said, becoming a partner or becoming an ally. And I, ha- I have no problem with the word ally if the ally, maybe it's an ally partnership or ally, a long-term ally. Um, yeah. Because ally does feel friendly from my standpoint, like, oh, on ally is like on, on our side kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then the partnership, that's a different level of, okay, well, you're willing to get down and dirty inside of the experience and 
you know, deal with the white tears, deal with the defensiveness, which that's kind of part of the white tears from our standpoint is, mm-hmm. it's not just the, I'm so sorry. It's just the, it's part of the, oh, well, you know, oh, well, you know, it's the, the, there's reverse racism and you know, like that, right? We talked about that. Not all white people, not all white people do not that. Yeah. People do, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and now, and now there's, and now we're talking about there's so much talk. Does it always have to be about race? You know, like those types of conversations are part of the white tears yeah part of the the sensitivity you know the the white fragility i think we had that conversation before the theme that white fragility mm-hmm. whenever the 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 topic of race comes up because it is a real thing and yeah. especially inside even in our medical community you know, i was just talking talking to a um, client of mine just before our podcast recording and she was talking about how she's a vascular surgeon woman of color and she's not she's not a black woman but she is a woman of color talking about how um, in the good old boy surgery Mm -hmm. uh, specialty you know she's been condescended upon and experienced sexual harassment and you know just like all of these types of things and so it's thick in our community but it's you know that's just a reflection of what it is in the world Right, right. And I actually, it's so interesting. I talked to, um, I did an interview with a white man uh, on Monday mm-hmm. and he's, he was on this retreat with me, this, mm-hmm. this Allies in Action w- retreat. And I said, um, what is, my question was, what does anti-racism mean to you? And he's like, for me, it's not really about anti-racism because racism is a tool that's used. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's about anti-whiteness. Like his journey is like, against the as a white man against the construct of whiteness. He's like, cause a construct of whiteness is really behind all of it. Cause race is just a figment of our imagination mm-hmm. or it's a t- tool that's used to oppress people. But the, the real thing is this illusion of, of whiteness and what that means and, and how that has. And I was just like, damn, that's good. Like that's mm-hmm. really, you know, and for a white man to be speaking that way. Um, and, and I think that obviously is going to make people, I mean, you're anti-white, you're anti-white. It's like not necessarily about that. It's about people are individual people, but whiteness as a construct is a very, very dangerous, dangerous thing. So, um, so yeah, it's been interesting to hear different reactions to the term ally because I didn't come up with it, but some people love it and some people of color use it. And some people are like, I prefer other terms. And and, and the beauty is like what triggers someone is what triggers someone and, and what, what works for someone doesn't work for someone else. But like, does it mean it, well, just cause one person of color uses it doesn't mean it's not allowed to trigger other people. So um, it's really great to like, keep the, keep the dialogue open and, and be honest about, about um, how we're feeling about things. Cause that's the only way we can, you don't want to get dogmatic. I don't want, I don't want to be a dogmatic white person talking about, well, this one black person told me that like, it's okay to say that. So your opinion, you know, that's crazy. That would be the opposite of what I would ever want to do. So, well, I think, you know, what's interesting about this conversation to me, and it's about, you know, this, this um, stepping into this territory is that it's a it's a new space, right. That, you know, to have for me, like just, you know, in a new experience and for a lot of, you know, a, a lot of Black people, a lot of African Americans, it's, it's a new space to have, to, to think about having um, true white allies, people mm-hmm. who are really, really, who are not just speaking about it, but are being about it and doing this deeper work. It's a really interesting new territory. And I think it's the, the, the pitfall is for us to get too caught up in the language and yeah. too caught up in the you know, the, like you said, the dogma or the opinion of what's the right, what's the wrong, or, you know, what's the real, what's the not real, or mm-hmm. what are we focusing on, and really um, not be honoring, you know, the, the true um, intention behind it. And, and of course, there is the intention, but then there's also the action. I like white allies and action. I like, you know, conscious mm-hmm. anti-racism. I like the fact that there's a commitment and that's the, this, it's more than intention. It's a commitment because commitment implies there's an action behind it. There's a commitment to breaking down the construct that is behind racism, whether it's anti-whiteness, because it's not just, you know, it's not just whiteness that has racism. That, that's, that, that's, that's not the, I would say it, racism is, is not only used in the white community. Let's just put it like that. The tool mm-hmm. is global. And it's about that being able to celebrate 
and looked up um, other cultures other than the white culture or the dominant culture because you know in india there is a there is a you know classes but it's also there's a light skin dark skin skin thing mm-hmm. i went to bali there's a you know ants there's there's like a lot of um racism against africans you know it just in various parts in in new zealand it's um against the maori culture mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know in australia it's against the aboriginal culture so there's there is a construct um and it is a light skin there's a light skin dark skin component to it mm-hmm. um but it's uh, it's breaking down the construct that that the the lighter skin is better than the darker skin it's yeah. breaking down the it's breaking down the construct of oh i don't see color well that just diminishes the beauty of the diversity of our world right of course you should see color and then you honor the color you honor the accomplishments of the culture right and that's where we start to get the and you you not only honor it but acknowledge the accomplishments of the culture right and so then that's when because right now there's a lot of and you know this i'm not preaching to the choir here i am preaching to the choir here it's like Mm -hmm. there is a lot of misappropriation there's a lot of appropriation and misappropriation Mm -hmm. of not just my culture but like the South Pacific culture, the, you know, African culture, the African-American, like, you know, all of that hip hop culture. And so it's, it's the focus on honoring and that, and that white, in this particular context, white people, white Americans, white Europeans are willing to um, break down this construct, this construct of light skin is better than dark skin, light skin is smarter than dark skin, light skin is X, Y, you know, better than whatever, um, darker skin and be committed to breaking down that construct. And I think that's for me, what you're doing. That's what I feel is your commitment. You know, that's what I see this conscious anti-racism. Um, that's where I see that going. And so I just, I appreciate you for that. And, um, and I would love to, in the future, see, you know, different terminology arise other than the fight against and mm-hmm. and then have it be moving towards and right. i don't know what I that love looks that. like i love that and i don't you know it's hard because the the scholars in the field are are talking about anti-racism and it's I, what i i like the term because or at least the meaning of the term because no one calls themselves racist i don't know if even racist people like like you know, is, is Trump like, yeah, I'm racist. No. Or, or so it takes away the personal onus of am I, or am I not? It's like, am I against it or am I for it rather than am I it? Am I anti-racist or am I not racist or am I racist? Because racism, what I've learned is it's everywhere. It's, it's in everything. So we all have been imbibing it just by living in our, our culture. So we all have it. It, it, it and it's been ingrained in all of us, including people of color. So, and, and, and all the books I've read about racism and anti-racism, they all start with their own, like, oh my God, this is how wrong I was for so long about, about racist or anti, you know, non-racist race philosophy and, and, um, and behavior. Now here's what near, now here's where I really understand it as. And so it's, it, I think it's kind of, if, if there was a way to use the definition of it, but a different term, because I love how you're saying it, it does, it does, the anti does kind of jar, jar you when you hear it, but it's like every day, every moment of every day, I have a choice yes. to be in this racism or for something else um, rather than against the racism. But, but either way, you know, either side of the coin, um, it's not about personal. Yes, obviously it's the personal, but it's about the system. And that's why when, when people are getting outraged about Ahmaud Arbery getting shot, like killed, it's not other people over there doing it. Yes, physically, it was another human being that shot that person, but every person who benefits from white supremacy culture is, is responsible for that person's death. And, mm. and it's not enough to just like post a picture on social media and be outraged. 
I'm not doing enough. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, it's not like I'm perfect. I don't know what it means to be doing enough. I'm, I'm, but I'm quite sure I'm not, but I'm trying to use the tools that I have. And so it's not like I'm, I'm like perfect. And my brain tells me negative, bad things all the time that I don't want to listen to, but I'm aware of them now instead of pretending that like, Oh, I'm perfect. And I don't have any negative thoughts about anyone or anything. Mm-hmm. I hear those voices and I'm aware of them and I have them about other white people too. Like I'm, I'm, we're just judgment, judgmental people. Yeah. Like people are just judgmental, but being aware of it and being like, okay, that's my bias. Right. I don't need to have this reaction to the, whatever person I'm, I'm thinking about. That's the first step. But pretending that it doesn't happen, that's just Mm -hmm. like, it's going to pop up and bite you when you least expect it. Oh yeah. I mean, real talk. I have my conversations about white people, you know, Mm -hmm. like, like, oh, you know, like there's, mm-hmm. there's that, right? And there is the reminder that it really is a reminder, like you said, we said it earlier, but, but this is like not all white people are like that. And there are allies. And there, you know, like there's that, that has to be, but it's a, it's a conscious, it's like has to be a conscious reminder, you know? Mm-hmm. And so like, I'm aware of that, that I have these, these like implicit bias about white people. And, you know, I grew up in the South. I grew up in Huntsville, Alabama, for those who don't know. Mm. And what's interesting about that is I did not um, experience, I did not experience for myself racism until I moved to Atlanta, Georgia, which is very ironic for me because I grew up in Huntsville, Alabama, which is 30 minutes outside of Coleman County where the Klan, you know, sits. But I never experienced it personally for myself, not from teachers, not that I can remember at least, um, not overtly from teachers, friends, any of that, right? Until I moved to Atlanta, it was the first time I really started like actively experiencing that type of behavior, that type of um, oppression, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it's an interesting thing. It's such a, it's such a, a deep and, and complex uh, topic. Uh, because this stuff is not, it's, it goes back so far, right? I mean, we're going way, way back. It goes back generations and thousands and years of years and, you know, dynasties mm-hmm. and, you know, right, all right. that. So it's, it's, it's very, um, it's a very complex topic that obviously can't be covered in 30 minutes time, right? you know? Um, but one of the things I did have a question about, because I'm curious is, you know, in the work that you do, like some of the mindfulness um, techniques that you do inside of the course, mm-hmm. you know, h- how do you see beyond, so be, so I, I can, I can imagine that the mindfulness helps, but what are, how do you he- think, think that that helps people to get in action and take that next step, um, to becoming like a true ally or a true partner? Sure. I, that's a great question. The, 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 the modules all build on each other. So the mindfulness stuff is the first, the first two, um, uh, modules to get a sense of what it feels like to feel something in your body. Mm-hmm. So to note your defensiveness, to note your perfectionism, to note that need to control thing or the paternalism or whatever. Um, and, and these symptoms of white supremacy culture that I mentioned, those are kind of the framework for, they're like the backbone of the course in addition to the mind-body techniques. So the first one is like, what is mindfulness? Like, okay, so we're going to do a really basic mindfulness thing. Mm-hmm getting into your senses mm-hmm. so that you're just starting to learn. Cause then people are like, what do you mean get into my body? What do you mean where I feel my emotion? I think my emotion. No, 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 you don't. But so then when we start to get into the later modules, we have more of a framework of like, Oh, okay. I've been doing these practices. Now I know what it's like when I start to get defensive and my heart starts to pound or whatever. And I find myself saying, no, 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 that's not what I'm saying. No, 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 no. That's not, that's when I can pause. And then we do things like tapping um, shadow work, which are, are ways to actually process that emotion and recognize it in your own, uh, in your own self. And then there's self-reflection exercises in the workbook with the course that are like, okay, well, how do you see this playing out in your life? What are some ways you can use these techniques to, um, to make some changes? How, how can you use these techniques? And you know, I have people watching, watching Fox News and being like, oh, the, you know, like, like right. sit for five minutes and just watch it. And all those things that you think you hate about other people, mm-hmm. guess what? You're capable of that too. We all are capable of all those things that we judge in other people 
how do we sit with that? How do we process that so that when we do go out into the world, we're not bringing our judgmental negative energy, but we're bringing a sense of, of like oneness and uh, compassion rather than judgment and, and defensiveness with us. And so there's, there's other techniques that we use as well, but it's the, the tapping and the shadow work. And then um, there's also um, this guided healing visualization, not because white people need to be healed, um, but, but to sort of let go of the guilt and let go of the whatever and bring in the positivity and envision yourself going out into this, the world you want to be. And then there's a bunch of resources throughout the course that are like, here's a book you can read. Here's a this. Here's a bunch of different websites of places you can get active. Now using these tools, what are you going to do next? Mm -hmm. So it, it sort of like takes you through that. I can't, you know, it's not like a guide on how to be, it's not Ibram Kendi's book, how to be an anti-racist. It's how to recognize your own stuff so that when you do go out, but I don't want it to stop at like, oh, okay, I've learned. Great. Check. Mm. I'm not racist anymore. I want it to be <laughs> then, what do you do with it? Um, there's a whole module on having difficult conversations and that, right. that, that discomfort that shuts us down. How do you recognize that? Well, you can't recognize that discomfort until you're familiar with mindfulness mm -hmm. and and not let it shut you down in the moment until you are like, Ooh, that's discomfort. Okay. That means it's time for me to talk, not time for me to shut up and hide, but that's mm -hmm. time for me to, to say something. So that that's kind of, it just builds so that you can then take action in a mindful way. Right. Right. I like that. And, and I like the fact that you said, now here, here, here are some resources where you can begin to get active, you know, in the communities. And, you know, it's funny as, as you were talking, I was thinking, huh, you know, my mind was sort of reflecting and listening and like, you know, oh, can they, can, you know, like there's, there's the resources and then now what are you going to do about it? And I really like that you give them a call to action and yeah. you make them watch the news. And so that's, that's, and, and people who are really committed to um, being, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to reframe it, being like pro-brown. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm not sure I could get away with saying that, but I will let you say that. <laughs> I will let you. Like you need right. my permission. Yeah, but. right, right, okay. right, 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 right. But you know, it's like um, that, 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 um, there's something to that. Like, you know, like, yeah, there's the mindfulness, there's the recognizing yourself when it's happening, there's the having difficult conversations. And then there's the, okay, now, what are the pro brown activities you can engage in, right? Yeah, you know. Um, so that's it's an interesting thing. I um I just really want to acknowledge and honor you because I can really get the commitment that you are to to having this happen. You know, to having this this conversation be out amongst um, you know white people and like and and people who are who are not recognizing their own unconscious bias. Mm -hmm. unconscious racism, you know, self-selves. And I think that, you know, the, one of the reasons that I am interested in working with you, you know, we talked about this offline, is that um, there is also healing that does need to come into our community. And that, you know, as a construct, racism cannot be broken down without it being a dialogue between the two communities. Mm -hmm. And so what I can get is that in your wanting you know, white people to do the work so that they can um, come to the conversation clear. Yeah. And, and then um, I would, you know, I'm wanting to see the work done in our community, the healing done in our community so we can actually hear you. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, only, only when this, this begins to happen in dialogue, is there a chance for like true transformation inside of this, this type of construct and the breaking down of this construct. And I think that it is possible that it is possible to break down the construct and who knows how long it'll take, but this is sort of the beginning of that conversation. And I just want to acknowledge and, and appreciate you for being a true ally and a true partner. Um, Thank you. Being a program. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, it has to be grassroots. It has to start in the head. It has to start in our brains by recognizing the depth of the problem. And I, I have a version of the course that I created for healthcare professionals too, because 
we see it's affecting healthcare outcomes. I mean, with COVID, good Lord, it's obvious now, but even, even before it was obvious, but now it's like really, really making the news. Mm -hmm. We can do these, this work in healthcare settings too, to help doctors be, be less biased against their patients. And this isn't just white doctors. This is doctors of, of all races, because we are, again, we're sort of brought up in this racist system that affects mm -hmm. the way we see people. And yeah. so, um, it can happen. This starts with a patient doctor interaction with a human human interaction because obviously we elected a black president that didn't fix anything. So <laughs> it needs to come into, it, it needs to come into our consciousness. It needs right. to be really, really, we need to change the way our brains are wired to mm -hmm. perceive people that are different from us. And that's how I think we can make the real change. So thank you for your, your kind words and, um, and for, for wanting to, join me as I do this work because it's a, it's a very uh, sort of an unusual place to be in as, as, as a white woman doctor turned meditation teacher. Like <laughs> people are like, why am I getting emails about this and whatever? So um, I'm, just, I'm just grateful to be able to have a conversation and be, have a, a, a voice or a, a platform that, you know, maybe some people might listen to me and, and yeah. start making some changes. You know, it's so funny. So, and I, I may, I may I, I, we may have had this conversation offline, but you know, I, I can get, one of the reasons I wanted to really have this conversation online and put it out via the podcast is because I remember like seeing your post um, about this course initially mm -hmm. and thinking, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> we need to have a conversation about this. And then yeah. you and I, we had lunch. Um, and it was pre-COVID, which, which, you know, I was like so sad. We rescheduled our lunch and then, I know. and I really got the, the heart of what you're doing, right? It, it, cause, cause you know, I can, and I can get, and this is why I, I just want to say this on, on the air, because I know that I could get, I could land like, say what, what's, what's a white woman know about being, yeah. right? Like what's a white woman know about that? And how's she going to do a, a course? And, and that just sounds like more white, you know, white tears or white fragility. That just sounds like more um, privilege to me, right? Mm -hmm. But no, when you really get into it and you really listen to where it comes from, y'all, it really, there's like a deep commitment and you, and you know, you have to, both sides have to like really open your mind to look at, well, what could be possible when we start to honor you know, when we start to have these allies and honor all cultures and especially honor black culture for, for all that, that, that we have brought to the space, right? Mm -hmm. Brought to this world, brought to this country. And, um, you know, so I just, I just wanted to say like, even I was a skeptic. <laughs> At the beginning. Well, you should be, you should be. I don't earn, I don't, I don't deserve your respect. Just, you know, like I have to earn it. Like it, and, and I'm not, I'm not a, a scholar on racism. I'm not, I am an expert in mind body tools. Right. And that is what I'm bringing. It is the, and I'm an expert in like, in, in like facing my crap and dealing with it and mm -hmm. like being like, how can I grow and how can I learn from things that I'm not doing to the best that I can be and be and not being as yeah. conscious as I can be. That's what I'm an expert in. And that's what I'm really good at. And so yeah. that's what I'm bringing to this. Right. I'm not, I'm not like, this isn't a primer on. This isn't a primer on like all the like scholar. I have resources and I have links to all those things, but I'm not trying to be like, oh, I know everything there is. And I have my PhD and, in, um, you know, um, what is it? Constructive race theory, I think is what it's called. I can't remember off the top of my head, but no, no, no. I'm just like, I'm here to help you expand your consciousness and here's how I can do it. And here's the framework yeah. in which I'm doing it. And here's the and thing I think about that though. This is the thing about that. That's so great. We know that scholarly doesn't mean a damn thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's why it's so great because, you know, and this is, this is, I'm going to, I'm going to just going to put this over to uh, um, tap into the burnout stuff for years, there's lots of, well, years, for months, there's been research on burnout. There's, you know, burnout this and research this and Stanford mm -hmm. that and Mayo this. 
And for a long time, there was no solution. It was only scholarly articles and mm -hmm. research, right? And the research wasn't even, you know, didn't even look at the, the disparities, you know, they looked at maybe women versus men, but they didn't look at cultural differences, mm -hmm. right? They didn't look at community-based versus hospital-based. They didn't look at that. So what I think is so great is that you're not scholarly because you're grassroots. This is what we said earlier. And you don't have to be scholarly. I think in the way that plays in your favor and your background in, like you said, like knowing how to deal with your stuff you know, and learning yeah. how to get into the body. That's what makes it so real. It's not some, oh, I'm affiliated with such and such university. And <laughs> I'm a scholar in, you know, anti-racism. And this is what I think we should be doing about it. It's like, nah, man. So like, you know, I did the work. I created a course on how you could do the work. And I'm not perfect, but my commitment is this. And that's what I'm acknowledging you for. Yeah, exactly. And the course is filled with my own stories of my own ignorance. You know what I mean? Of like, like how I've learned and, and where I was at and how I've learned from that and my experiences in medicine, like looking back and all this stuff. So it's like, I hope that in the course I come across in a very like, I am you. We are all, you know, like this is not me high horsing it. This is me like I was there. I wish I had known these things earlier kind of thing. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's interesting. And it's, it's, if there's, if there's a more, uh, taboo subject than meditation and spirituality, it's racism. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just like, yeah, let's bring it on. Let's just do professionally all the things that people don't like to talk about. Let's well, do know, that. You know, and that's why I love you. <laughs> me and you, I'm like, look, I want to talk about all the things people don't want to talk about. I want to talk mm -hmm. about granola med meditation. I want to talk about the unconscious <laughs> mind and NLP and hypnosis. I want to talk about racism. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about all that stuff with people like, ooh, ooh, that's the devil. Yeah, that makes me <laughs> feel bad. That makes me, ooh. Right, that feels icky. Just, yeah. Yeah, no, no, I love it. I love it. And that's why I think we get along so well is because we are willing to say the things we are willing to say the things that other people are not willing to say and bring it to the light and i think that's what causes transformation is when we're able to do that so yes absolutely yeah. so thank you so much for being on the podcast and those of you out there i'm sure that you heard my little one in the background this is what it's like this is the homeschool life this is the the quarantine life so you know he's saying hi to y'all and so, <laughs> and, um, and so um, Jill, I want you to let people know how they can actually uh, sign up for um, the Conscious Anti-Racism course, how they can get in touch with you. Give me all of your, your you know, social media stuff. And we're going to also, you guys, include this in the, um, the show notes. But tell me how they can connect with you and how they can connect with the Conscious Anti-Racism course. Sure. So everything is on my website, jillweener.com, W-E-N-E-R.com. Um, there's a section on meditation. There's a section on tapping. There's a section on anti-racism. There's a section for healthcare professionals and doctors. So you can find everything there and it'll lead you to it. Um, if you're interested in the anti-racism course specifically for healthcare, that's actually, I don't believe that's specifically on my website right now. It's the regular one is, so you can reach out to me through my website. Um, on Instagram and uh, Twitter, I'm at Jill Wiener MD. Facebook is Jill Wiener MD Meditation, but probably Instagram and Twitter are better. And um, I think that's it. And I'm doing a retreat June 12th through 14th. If you're interested in learning more about meditation and tapping, it's a virtual retreat. So I don't know when this podcast is going to go out, but if that sounds awesome to you, I'm going to probably keep doing them. So you can check out, uh, it's for women in healthcare. You can check out my website for, for that kind of um, event stuff as well. Awesome. And then of course, also for those of you who are listening, if you, if you want um, Dr. Jill to come speak for your organization, whether it be, you know, in the healthcare setting or not, um, you know, I know right now we're in this whole COVID thing, but there may be some opportunity for, you know, virtual workshops, virtual speaking on this conscious anti-racism. Y'all like reach out to her from that standpoint as well, because this is, you know, like direly needed in the corporate space, in the organizational space. And so 
you know, there's the retreat, there's the course, there's the speaking, and there's everything that is to come in the future. And I definitely look forward to when this whole thing, you know, uh, unearths that we can do this work together live and in person. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And also the YouTube, my YouTube channel is the meditating doctor and that has all my anti-racism interviews as well. So awesome. if you want to just check out a little bit more about the, the, the folks I've been talking to learn, learn more about COVID and health disparities. Um, that's a great place to start. Also, if you're kind of like, what are they even talking about? Go there and, and watch those. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on. This is an amazing conversation. Um, I think it's going to be, you know, it's definitely going to be widely listened to. And I think people are going to be ready to take action, you know, sooner than later. I think this is, this is a very impactful and timely conversation, especially in the midst of all that we're going through. And so y'all, y'all need to check out Dr. Jenna Wiener, man, check her out. We'll have the links in the, in the, um, in the show notes and, um, yeah, let's, let's get it. All right. Thank you so much for having me. I look forward to all of our collaboration in the future. Yes, ma'am. So y'all heard it. This is uh, Next Level Positions Thriving Outside the Box. We just had an amazing conversation with Dr. Jill Wiener. Y'all know how to get in touch with me. And, but the real, the real star of the show today is Dr. Jill Wiener. Check out all of her courses, her meditation um, programs and the retreat. Invite her to speak because this is such a, an important conversation and um, we'll have all of that information in the show notes. So you guys, thank you for listening. As always, there is no podcast without the listeners. I so appreciate you. Have a wonderful, safe rest of the day and rest of the week. Y'all stay safe, stay at home, stay with your mask on, stay covered. We're out. Thanks for spending time with us on this episode of Next Level Physicians Thriving Outside the Box. We hope you enjoyed this one as much as the rest. Remember to go ahead and hit the subscribe button so that you can be notified every time a new episode is released. It is you as our listener who help our podcast to grow. So if you like this podcast, if you enjoy what you're hearing, if you are inspired, we'd really appreciate it if you write a quick review and share it with five of your friends. We want to continue to expand our reach and bring this transformation to all of those doctors and medical professionals out there who are still seeking more autonomy, more freedom, more expression and purpose in their careers and lives. Finally, if you want to learn more about how I can help you as a doctor or medical professional transform your mindset, leverage your skill set, and create a profitable business and career you love by your design, please check out my website, www.drmaisha.com. That's D R M A I Y S H A.com. On my website, you can access one of my three free masterclasses to get you started on your journey to the next level. Have a wonderful rest of the day and an amazing rest of the week, y'all. And keep your head up looking to the next level. Namaste.